doing it, banging, bumping uglies. Let's get it on. I want to sex you up. I want your sex. All I want to do is zoom, 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 and a boom, boom. Just shake your room. The average male thinks about sex every two minutes. That's about 500 times during your waking hours every day. Mm, just happened again. They teach sex in the schools. They talk about sex in youth groups. Maybe your parents even gave you a little birds and the bees action. Bottom line, you're doing it. In the US, 62% of kids are reported as having sex intercourse. But do you know the truth about sex? The lowdown? Here's some fun little stats for you. One third of sexually active teens admit to being in a relationship where they felt things were moving too fast. There's a million teen pregnancies in the US each year. That's one in 10. It could happen. That costs the US at least $7 billion annually. You want a healthy economy? Stop doing it. Half of all new HIV infections occur in people who are under 25. More than one in five report having oral sex instead of intercourse with their partner. Most likely assuming that this is safer when it comes to STDs. They don't want it down here, they want it up here. You don't think you can get an STD in your face? Newsflash, STDs on your face are more noticeable. Currently in the US, one out of three high school students has an STD. Gonorrhea, herpes, chlamydia, HIV, slash AIDS, pubic lice. What the crap is that? Genital warts, vaginitis, HPV, gonorrhea. Ain't no trip to Cleveland. Hepatitis B, ain't a vitamin. Look to your left, look to your right. If they don't have an STD, statistically, you do. Mmm. Mm. Sex. Mmm. Babies. Mmm. STDs. And we haven't even begun to talk about emotional baggage. With stats like this, you gotta ask yourself, is this really worth it? Smashing, banging, getting it on, doing it. Cause everybody's doing it. Yes? If it feels good, why don't you do it? You gotta test drive it, right? You gotta figure it out. Might as well. You only get to have sex with one person when you're married, so now's your chance. Alright, so that's our advice. So head off to small group and uh, find a prominent. Just kidding. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Hey, if it's your first time here tonight and you're like, what on earth is this place? I promise, we only talk about sex once a year, but when we do it, we do it big, alright? Um, but hey, welcome to Edge. My name is Richie. I'm Jenna. And we're married, and uh, today we get the privilege of uh, talking about sex, which is uh, really fun for us to talk to 200 high schoolers about sex. Trust me, it's really great. Uh, just kidding, but we're excited about it uh, to be here. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, so welcome back. If this is your first week, you're in for a treat. Um, we are currently in week two of our God's Plan series. So last week we talked about dating, focusing on am I the person the person I'm looking for is looking for. So if you missed that, check out our podcast, Edgecast is what it's called. It actually came out today. If you were here and you want to re-listen to it, that's out. Um, but for tonight, we're going to talk about sex, baby. That's pretty good. To be honest, that wasn't in our notes, so that was kind of cool. Um, we do it every year. <laughs> so hey, 
to get this started, how many of you guys uh, had a chance to check out Easter at Kensington this year? Anybody? Yeah? So it's really awesome. Uh, if you weren't there, let me tell you a little bit about it. So the whole premise of Easter at Kensington this year was on this idea of the greatest show on earth. Maybe a little play on the greatest showman, if you like that, like that movie. I don't. Musicals. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, so the whole premise of Easter at Kensington this year talked about the three parts of a magic trick. Has anybody ever been to a magic show or seen an illusionist, stuff like that, right? So if you didn't know, which you should have, if you're at Easter, uh, go back and watch it if you haven't. But we described how there's three parts to an illusion. And uh, the first part of an illusion of any magic trick is this thing called the pledge. And you've seen it, right? This is the part where the illusionist or the magician uh, might show you just a normal object, right? Uh, maybe a box or a bird or a hat or a bunny. Something that looks completely normal. And while it looks completely normal, you know because you're at a magic show that deep down, like everybody else, there is much more going on than what meets the eye. It's not just a box, it's not just a hat. It's something so much more than that, so much deeper. If you've ever been to a magic show, you know this, that as the show goes on, as the illusion goes on, you slowly discover that you were right. There's much more going on than what meets the eye. And like we said, we're in this week two of God's plan, God's plan for sex, and we're talking about that. And here's the deal, before you squirm, you're probably, some of you guys are probably already like, oh my gosh. They're squirming up. Right, squirming, frustrated, shout out. Um, <laughs> Just kidding, guys. Uh, but before, seriously, before you sit here and squirm for a little bit, here, here's the deal. Is, uh, don't think that we're going to sit here for 20 minutes and make you feel like crap and tell you what to do, how to live your life, things like that. Because here's the deal. Uh, tonight, we are not here to shame you or to give you some small, narrow-minded view or talk on why you should never have sex forever and ever and don't look at each other or else you'll get an STD. Right? Yeah. That's, not, that's not what we're doing. Here's our hope tonight. See, today our hope is to get you to think about this different. Our hope is to get you to see a different perspective when it comes to sex. Our hope is to maybe challenge your thinking. Our hope, just like that magic trick that we were talking about, is for you to see that there is so much more going on than what meets the eye when it comes to sex. Yeah, because the tension in this tonight really is that the church forever has basically, I guess from my perspective too, has had one message on sex. And a lot of you might think this is what the message was going to be tonight. And the message is don't have sex until marriage, right? That's what we've heard. That's what I've heard growing up from the church. And maybe that has worked for some people. You know, maybe that worked for our parents. Maybe it worked for your friends. But if we're honest, that alone, that just statement, like just don't, don't, don't do it till you're married, it isn't, it isn't working anymore. You know, it's not a good enough answer for our generation, for your generation. It doesn't do a very good job of even communicating Jesus' heart on the subject or what the Bible has to communicate about this. It's not just enough to say, don't do it. You guys are wanting to know why. Like, what's, why, why does everyone say that? What's the point? Why wait? So why? Like, why should you wait? Why should you protect your virginity? Why should you protect your purity? Why should you wait till marriage? is really we're gonna, where we're gonna go tonight because everything else that we see is communicating otherwise, right? Like, we talked a little about this last week, but culture has raised us on the idea that sex is everything. 
the goal of Instagram when you guys are scrolling is sexy. Like that's what people are trying to be on Instagram. Like it's in every lyric of every song on the radio. It's in all of your movies. It's a part of all of your life. It's on the TV shows. Like we live in such a hyper sexualized culture and it's just become normal. Like we kind of become just numb to seeing it all the time and all around and and some would even say it's not just normal that sex is simply just physical you know that that that's all it is it's just something physical that two people do and we're here tonight just to kind of talk about like is that true yeah because i think uh, if you're sitting here and and even myself i'm afraid that if we simply just say regardless of your beliefs I'm going to say this too, regardless if you're a Christian or this is your first time at Edge, whatever you think about Jesus, I think that even regardless of what you believe, that if we just say sex is just physical, we might miss out on the beauty of what it actually is. See, what, what if sex wasn't just this physical thing or this thing that we became numb to in culture, but what if there was much more going on to it than what meets the eye? And so today we want to talk about that. We want to talk about what's below the surface. Maybe the hidden things about sex that no one's really talking about or we don't talk about enough. And here's the deal. is You might think the Bible is the last place to get relevant sex advice. <laughs> but here's the deal. Is we're going to go through a passage tonight that I think will it'll change your mind on that. It's one that Paul writes to first this, this community in Corinth um, in modern day Greece. And it speaks to much of what we're going to explore tonight in discovering that there really is much more going on than what meets the eye. And I think through that, what we're ultimately going to see, and this is our hope tonight for you guys, that you would see that sex isn't just physical, it's valuable. Yeah. Sex isn't just physical, it's valuable. So that's what we're diving into tonight. Um, so I'm going to pray for us. And while I pray, we're actually going to take our offering. Uh, if, the, if you're new here, you let that pass. It's not for you. But if you call this place home, I want to invite you to do that. Some of you guys know we're launching Caitlin out uh, to plant a church in Nashville uh, after this year. And so all of that money will go to church planning in Nashville with our church line. So I'm going to pray if you guys would pray with me. Jesus, uh, we just thank you. We acknowledge uh, your presence with us right now. God, I thank you uh, that you're here. I thank you that we get to talk about this uh, and really get to see what you have to say on it, God. I pray that wherever we're at, Jesus, would you make us open? Uh, would you speak to us how you need to? Uh, we're all at different places with this, and so would you speak to us exactly how we would need to receive it? We love you, King Jesus. Come have your way tonight. Amen. Amen. So what we're going to read tonight um, is out of a book that Paul wrote, like Richie said, to the Church of Corinth. Um, it's actually the same book that we read last week talking about love, um, but Paul wrote this to a culture, just to give you guys some background, um, that believe it or not was much like our own today. Some people think like the Bible is not relevant, like they don't deal with the same stuff we deal with, like this, the culture in the church was a lot like the culture that we have today. Um, and this letter alone that he talks about, he, does, he addresses sex more than anywhere else. Um, he tells someone actually to stop sleeping with their mother-in-law. Um, he addresses... Yeah, don't do that. Um, he addresses LGBTQ culture a lot. He talks about drinking and sleeping with prostitutes, like it's all over this book. So needless to say, they had their fair share of a highly sexualized culture, just like we do today. And many of the scholars would even say that where this um, book was taking place is kind of like the Las Vegas of today. Sin everywhere. So Paul writes a letter talking about this, so we're going to check it out. It's in 1 Corinthians 6, 18 to 20. It says, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? 
You are not your own, for you are bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And I think there's this word in here that Paul uses um, as we go through the passage tonight. We'll hear it over and over and over again. And this phrase is kind of um, interesting because we don't really, we aren't like, oh, stop being sexually immoral, you know. But that's kind of what he talks about. Um, and really, these verses that we're going to dive into and through that specific phrase, we're going to answer the question, why? Why wait? Um, and so sexually immorality defined is not just sex. Right, And just in this letter to the Corinth church alone, he's talking about all kinds of sex, anything that leads up to sex, anything you can think of that can encom like, encompass sex, that's what he's talking about, not just the physical act of two people doing that. Um, and literally, sexual immorality means Greek. In the Greek word translated from the Bible, it means porneia, where if you guys can hear the word porn in there, pornography, that's where we get that word from today. Um, and so it includes all of that in the phrase sexual immorality. And so I think from that, we can talk about why we think that sex isn't just physical. Yeah, and that's where we're gonna go. That's what we're talking about, is this idea that sex isn't just physical. And so like Jim said, today we ask that question, why? Like, why would I wait, right? And uh, many have said, like, maybe there's more to sex than just what we can see on the surface. Maybe it affects us a little bit deeper than we understand and what we know. But there's more than meets the eye when it comes to it. And so that idea of, of, I think it's a question we have to ask ourselves because I think in our culture and how we're living, often we act like it is. We would say like sex is just physical, like it is, it's, it's whatever. Um, but what's cool, this is why we love doing this series together, is because both of us, we, I mean, we have radically different backgrounds on yes. this and, and kind of our own experience of, of how God's moved in our life in this way. And so we're going to share a little bit about that, about our own backgrounds and, and what led us up to this point. But that question of is sex, is it just physical, I probably at one point would have said yes. And I lived like that. I lived like that um, up until really I met Jesus and, and, and then began to undig how deeply entrenched this had affected me. And so for me and my story, even from like a very early age, like I was, I was like, this was a part of my life, like highly sexual in high school, leading into college. I shared that story about that girlfriend last year. Like that was a major part of our relationship. And I, I would have never been able to say that then, but getting out of the relationship and following Jesus, I was able to look back and realize the reason it was so hard of a breakup and so messy of a relationship was in large part due to the emotional attachment that took place because of our sex life. And so when I asked the question, like, is sex just physical? Like, I literally had to walk through years of, of the Lord redeeming that, renewing my mind, forgiving my sin, and understanding that, like, this was, this was way deeper than I ever realized. And it wasn't until Jesus really made me aware of that um, that I realized that it's a heck of a lot more than just physical. Yeah, for me, kind of on the flip side, um, growing up in meeting Richie and also meeting Jesus, it was more than just physical for me too, but it was it was deeply spiritual. So remaining pure, uh, like I said last week, kind of grew up the church girl, went to youth group, um, and I'm kind of like a determined rule follower kind of person. And so when someone told me, wait till marriage, I was like, check, like I'm gonna do it. I'm determined, I'm not gonna give it up, like I'm going to wait till marriage. And so that's, that kind of got me through high school. And then when I got to college um, and I started dating someone that was a senior, as a freshman, who was way more experienced than the guy I dated in high school. And I felt like 
maybe I can do everything but sex. Like maybe then I'll still be a virgin, it'd still be good enough, I can still check that box. But then something radically changed in my life and that's when I encountered Jesus. Um, and that's when it became less of like the church girl thing and more of like a personal relationship for me. Um, and that's when it became way more than just my virginity, it became about my purity. And at that point it was like sex and being sexually immoral or anything like that scripture talked about, that's what was stopping me from getting closer to Jesus and so I wanted no part of it because all I wanted was God. And so that's, I mean, it was a deeply spiritual journey for me to stay a virgin until my wedding night. Yeah, and so we kind of had opposite ends of the spectrum, but for both of us in our experience, it was both more than just physical. It was yeah. spiritual for her. It was me deeply emotional. Um, and it was a thing that, I mean, maybe wherever you're at in the room, you can relate to one of those and understanding that. And it's really that in the scripture too that Paul gives us a little bit more evidence of this. I want to read it again in 1 Corinthians um, 6.18. He says, Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. And so here's the deal. When you read that, this is a question I ask myself. Does he mean that all sin isn't the same? Like he's, he's clearly making a distinction here. He says, hey, uh, every other sin a person commits outside their body, but this one is a little bit different. He sins against his own body. So does that mean that there's, this is a different type of sin or, or what is with that? And here's what, I, here's what I really believe and discovered is Paul's not separating the sin or Paul is separating the sin not because it is seen differently by God, but rather because it affects people differently than any other sin. Yeah. Let me say that again. Paul is separating the sin not because it is seen differently by God, but rather because it affects people differently than any other type of sin. See, it's deeply entrenched in us, deeply a part of who we are as people. Let me show you a little bit about what we mean. We want to read some things off to you. Some questions to think about in this stream of thinking. Is why is it that most people's greatest regrets in life are sexual? Why is it when sex is used wrong, it can be so damaging? Why is it that sexual abuse is so traumatizing? Why is it when someone comes out as LGBTQ, it is such a big deal for them to personally declare that? Why is it that they go through years of wrestling with it, fear, and when they finally come out, it's such a big deal? Why do women feel the need to carry around sexual assault as some secret and shame? And why is it that porn is proven to be just as addictive as heroin or cocaine? Why is it that the roughest breakups are usually between two people with a sexual history together? Here's what we think, is maybe it's because there's much more going on than what meets the eye. Maybe this thing's a little bit bigger than we realize. Maybe there's a lot more below the surface than we want to give credit to. And, and even thinking right now, like why is it that this topic even this year, is probably one of the most powerful headlines in the news. Mm -hmm. Things breaking, whether all over the news, all over Twitter, whatever it is. You, you see, I think this is something that we can easily become desensitized to. Scrolling through Twitter, scrolling through Instagram, just going through life. That we can become desensitized to, whether it's the songs we listen to, the pornography, or just the effect of sex on our life and culture. I think it's so much more than just physical that there's so much more going on than what meets the eye. More, we want to we want to play this uh, this video to give you another angle to get you thinking more along these lines of is it more than just physical? So why don't you guys check this out?
I've been in the hills, fucking superstars, feeling like a pop star. Drinking in me bad, jumping in the pool, and I ain't got on no heart. In the front, back, pulling on the tracks, and now she's screaming out, no more. to learn about sex from porn, I think it's really dangerous. And I think that happens a lot. It's one of those things where the, the pornography addiction turns into something else. You can't have something like that in your life without it growing into something else. With Instagram, social media, uh, pop stars, actresses, like it feels like you have to be sexy to be noticed. So I think it's dangerous because we're ignoring what, whatever other costs there may be. Truth is, is real life isn't like those simplistic fantasies that you see or in a pornography clip or in a commercial for Carl's Jr. Real life is better than that. Real life is so much more complicated and detailed and nuanced, but you'll miss it. You'll, you'll miss all that good stuff if you're, if you're too busy comparing your real life to these sort of simplistic fantasies. question of is it just physical because maybe there really is more going on than what meets the eye. Yeah, and I think that video can draw out some emotions for you guys so even that like pay attention to what you're feeling because if it was just something so simple as a physical act we probably wouldn't have such an emotional response to something and so continuing on with the scripture to see what more the Bible says about this um, Paul actually starts off by talking about sexual morality and uses the word flee. Um, it's kind of a funny word. And in 1 Corinthians 6.18, he says, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body again, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. So flee. Flee because it's more than just physical. It's deeply spiritual. And in that, like, notice he doesn't say, like, walk away or try not to dabble in or do the best you can not to he literally says flee which means like when i think of flee and like if someone's chasing after me like trying to harm me like i'm fleeing like i'm getting out of there it's like run sprint for your life and he says that because it's it's it'll come out of nowhere um and it's the first sign that you need to to run from it um and it's it's this emotional burden that will take take on like your life when if you don't flee it and you try and like kind of dabble in it because it's so much more than physical you know and every other sin like Richie said a person commits is outside the body but the sexual immoral person sins against their own body um, so it's not just the body it's your soul like it's tied to your soul so why flee why does he use that word why should we run 
Um, it's because sex isn't just physical, it's valuable. Like there's something at stake here. Yeah, there's something deeper here. I can even sense in the room right now, like there's like, there's things, there's wheels turning in your mind. Like there has to be something more to this. Like whether, like I said, it doesn't even matter if you believe in Jesus, like just life in general, whether it's the headlines or something that's happened in your own life, like we know that this thing is more than what meets the eye. And that's exactly what you said is sex is not just physical, it's valuable. It's valuable. What do we, what do I even mean by that? Let me read this again to you guys. I think it's important. Uh, in verse 19, he says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. See, sex isn't just physical, it's valuable. And we need to understand who he's writing this to. He's writing this to a group of Christians. He's writing this to a church. He's right, It'd be like, if we wrote you a letter... And, and, and try to correct things that were going on or encourage you. Like, this is exactly what he's doing. He's writing to people that love Jesus. And they're still struggling with this. They've got, like Jenna said, man, they talk about prostitutes in the air. They talk about LGBTQ. They talk about a dude who's sleeping with his mother-in-law. Like, people are jacked up in this church. And he's saying, man, there's, there's more going on here. And you need to pay attention to this. And here's what I love about this right now, too. Is he's hitting on a basic human understanding that we even see roaring out of the news and culture right now is that sex and sexuality are way more valuable than how we're treating it. In culture, people value it. That's why we have these movements that have popped up this year. That's why we've had outrage over the news and all over social media. It's because people, even in culture that aren't following Jesus, are looking at how our, our culture is treating sex and going, this isn't okay. Like, this isn't right. Like, something's off here. It's, it's got a negative effect, and it's, it's not good. You know, even culture is screaming, sex is valuable, and we need to start treating it like it. That sex is valuable, and we need to start living like it. Like, it's not just physical, it's valuable. Culture's even saying that. But when you look at the Scripture, the Lord places an even higher value on it than culture. And the value he places on it is called the cross. The death, the resurrection of his one and only son. Let me, let me show you what I mean by that. Again, I want to read that. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Think about this. You, you were bought with a price. Your life costs something. What did it cost? What did it cost? The, the price, the cost was the cross. That Jesus considered your life worth enough to take His own. To, to willingly give up His life on the cross so that you and I could be made pure. Jesus Think about this. Jesus considered your life, your sexuality, so valuable that He paid the highest price so that you could be pure. He paid the highest price so that you could be made new. He paid the highest price so that you could be made whole. And it doesn't even stop there. See, Paul takes it a step further. He says, hey, you were bought with a price, but, but did you also know this? That your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? That your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? That, that God chose to dwell in you? That God, the Spirit of God chose to dwell in you? That He values you so much 
that God literally chose to live within you because he values intimacy with you so much, because he values purity with you so much, because he values relationship with you so much, that he died for you to be pure. Like, that's the gospel. The gospel is that you, there's much more going on in our lives than what meets the eye, that, that he paid the price so that you and I could be pure. He died for you to be pure. He fought for you to be pure. So I think understanding that sex isn't just physical, it's valuable, and that that's why you should wait. You bought with the price. Okay, I get it. But like, how do we actually do that? Like, what is the application in that? Like, how do we, if he fought for us to be pure, how do we then fight for our own purity? And how do we fight for to be pure with him? And so we're kind of give you three you know, applications to take home, and then we're going to end with something cool. But the first, the first thing we want to <coughs> explain to you guys is that you have to fight for your intimacy. You have to fight for your intimacy. If you're in a relationship, or you could be one day, which is the majority of you in this room, ask yourself, do I value my partner's intimacy with God enough to fight to keep them pure? And that might not mean a lot to you guys sitting here right now if you're not dating um, or you can't really picture yourself dating anytime soon. But ask yourself, when that day comes, do I value my partner's intimacy with God enough to fight to keep them pure? And that's how we reflect God in our relationships, by doing what he would do. He did everything um, he could to make us pure by the cross, so now we need to live like that. And this is something that... Um, I often hear students say is that they want to show their boyfriend or their girlfriend that they love them, right? And that's a very easy way to do it by being physical because it's natural. Like you guys are teenagers, you have hormones, like it's very normal. You know, it'd be weird if you were dating someone and you're like, mm, no, like I'm not interested in that. Yeah, you should break up. Oh my gosh. If that happened. I'm serious. If you're not attracted to them and you're like, hey girl, what's the, you should probably just figure that out. That's real. It is real. It is real. First time I saw Jenna, hello. <laughs> I'm serious. She had a red coat on across my living room. It wasn't the first time you saw me. It was the second time. He doesn't remember the first time. Fake news. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> so anyway, and I think people get confused on like, if I love them, like, sh why wouldn't I show them that? If I'm really loving them, if I'm in love with them, why wouldn't I want to show them that? And I, I believe that loving them is leading them to Jesus, not tempting them away. Again, like loving them is leading them to Jesus. It's not tempting them away. So if you are in a relationship and like you know that purity is something of value, like and you're dating someone that loves the Lord and you love the Lord and you know that sin, all sin does is separate you, why would you want to tempt your partner or step a foot in front of your partner so that they can't see God, so that they're having a blockage from the Lord? Like you should be fighting for their walk with God instead of tempting them away from their walk with God. That's so good. That's awesome. Yeah, that is, that, gosh, dang it, that's so good. I love that idea. Loving them is leading them to Jesus, not tempting them away. So when I want my relationship to be centered on Jesus, what's motivating me? It's beautiful, right? So here's the second one that we have for you. We said um, fight uh, for intimacy, and the second one is fight for boundaries. Fight for boundaries. What do I mean by that? Here's the deal. Uh, newsflash, you're all going to be tempted at some point in your life. Right? You're going to find yourself in a relationship with somebody. At some point, you're going to be tempted to push the boundary, to push the limit on that physically. I would even say this goes like definitely for even pornography. 
that, that you're going to find yourself tempted to look at pornography or to put yourself in a position where you're alone, where it could happen. And so when we say fight for boundaries, here's what we're saying is you just need to, you, we need to be self-aware. Like we need to, we need to be aware of where we could fall. Right? And so don't be silly about it. Like if you know, here's what I always say. I joke with Drew Daniels about this. This is not the notes. But we always joke back and forth about 1829 Edge. I'm like, so if I, I was like, dude, you should tell all your young adults. It's like, oh man, we screwed up again. It's like, yeah, that's what happens when the lights are off at 2 a.m. Like you're probably going to screw up. You're not setting yourself up well in a position if you're hanging out with your boyfriend or girlfriend at 2 a.m. with the lights off. Like, that's just not good. Like, it's like, hey, let's pray with the lights off at 2 a.m. <laughs> with our mouths. Um, anyways, I should have said that. Um, but it's real. This idea is you need to fight for your boundaries. You need to fight for your boundaries. And I'm gonna say this to the whole room. What does those boundaries look like, right? I'll say specifically for pornography, which I think is huge, that video talked about, like if you're learning about sex from porn, it's gonna distort it yes. far greater than you ever know. Yes. And that is a huge part of our story too, yes. is me undoing years of an addiction to pornography. So you gotta get accountable. What does that look like? You gotta tell people. I'll say this tonight. If you're somebody in the room struggling with pornography, don't leave tonight without telling somebody else. Tell them in your small group, because here's what's gonna happen, I promise you this. You open up in your small group, domino effect. There will be five other people in your group that will admit it to. And it's gonna open the door. Vulnerability is contagious, Sam always says that. But get accountable. There's probably 10, 15 guys in here who I personally put passcodes on their phone to block and limit adult content on their phone. I'll, fellas, if you need that, like, I'll help you out with that. Girls, go to Jenna. Like, we wanna help you get accountable with that. But here's what you need to know about boundaries and accountability. You could do all the things in the world, but if you don't deal with your heart, it'll never get fixed. It's a heart issue. Mm -hmm. So what's going on? Why, what's, why do I feel the need to do this? Why do I keep pushing the limits on this? We need to deal with our heart. Yeah, really quickly. Girls in the room, um, I think we think porn and masturbation is this guy issue. And I just want to say that I know plenty of women, my friends, young women in Edge that also struggle with this, so it's not weird. And so if this is you, also open up. like and talk about it because it's an issue that you guys are all being affected with because of the culture that we live in. And so don't feel in the dark or like this is like a dude thing because it's not, it's, it's a sin thing and we all struggle with sin. Yeah, so fight for boundaries. Yeah, um, the last thing, fight for purity, not just virginity. And so if you're, if you're hearing that, you're probably like, wait, aren't they the same thing potentially? Um, and oftentimes the biggest question we get every time is, well, how far is too far? Like, how far can I get before it's wrong? What does the Bible say about this or that or this? Like, how far can I go, right? We all want, we all want that clear answer, um, but instead the question should be, how close can I get to Jesus? Not far, how, how far can I go with my boyfriend or girlfriend, but how close can I get back to the Father? Um, the goal isn't to be a virgin. Like, that's a great thing to attain for. That was something that I really wanted to do. Um, but ultimately, the goal is purity. Like, he doesn't, in terms of God, like, he, God doesn't just want your virginity. He wants your purity. Purity is a heart condition. Purity is something that you, your, what your thoughts are about, what you're saying, how, how you view people, how you're living your life, that is purity. And purity um, is made new every day. Like, it's something that, like, even if you mess up with your boyfriend or girlfriend, like, you can 
Jesus can make you pure the next day. It's something that we can always attain from God. And so instead of having virginity be the goal and having this like idol of that, like live a pure life daily. Matthew 5, 8, it says, Blessed are the pure in spirit, for they will see God. If you want to see God, if you want to hear God in your life, attain for purity in all things. Yeah, so those are the three things we want to give you. But, but here's the deal, is we know even sitting in here, and, and we haven't gone here, but we're going to go here right now, is I know that in here, some of you guys are like where I was. That you're sitting here with a sexual past. You're sitting here feeling like you've got baggage. Like you've made decisions or are making decisions. And here's what I know is you could be sitting here right now and it would be very easy for you to feel bad about yourself. For you to feel like shame or guilt or whatever it is. But pay attention to these verses. What he said, he said, like literally the verses that we read earlier is, is it means he's making us new. Don't you know that you were bought with a price? That you were bought with a price? That, that he made you new? That he, he even pursued you to the point, loved you enough that he came and lived inside of you? And one of my favorite verses says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. While I was still in the middle of my physical or sexual relationship, while I was still in the middle of my pornography addiction, well, I was still in the middle of, of being addicted to sex or whatever's going on. Christ died for me still. That it doesn't, let me say this, man. It does not matter in this room what you've done. But Jesus, in the scripture, he paints this picture that there's an invitation. That you don't have to keep doing things the way you've been doing them. There's a new way to think about this. That your, your sex life isn't just physical, but it's actually valuable. And he's restoring you and making you new. And here's the deal. You don't have to be perfect. Like You don't have to get this stuff together and make it be perfect. He's just asking you to surrender and welcome this new life. And this is a huge thing to get. It's a huge thing that we walk through even in, in our relationship of understanding that. Yeah. Um, just a quick story on this. I think that kind of ties our sex testimonies together, like we like to call them. Um, testimony of sex. Get it. Fine. It was good. It was funny. Sex and money. Sex and money. Um, you should be impressed. Impressed, money. Impressed. Okay. Um, I think that um, Richie and I had been dating like maybe like a year um, at this point, and I knew we knew we were going to get married probably, and we knew like I knew he wasn't a virgin. Um, Richie's an open book, and so that was something that he told me early on, um, but I didn't know much more past that, um, and so. He said he you know, wanted to talk to me, and he comes over to my apartment, he sits on the couch, and like the dude's freaking out. Like I could tell. I'm like, what's wrong? Like, are you okay? Um, and he sits me down, he's like, you know, there's something I want to tell you. Like, I feel like we're at this point in our relationship. And he goes on to open up about how he has struggled with pornography and things like that, and his past with, with women, how he, he cheated on his girlfriend, and like just like his struggle with sex that he's had um, and how he wasn't pure and how he didn't feel pure um, and how I was this virgin and, and, and he was just so sick.